Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That does not go well. Talk Recorded live. Bye. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. We have quite a few people on the call today, so uh, let me, oh, diagram a pen. It's so funny, I had everything all organized and ready, and then I sat down and I realized that I had left a couple important things at the center. Mm, I trust that it will all work out just fine. Because (laughs) you know what I know, guys? I know our greatest good is always unfolding. Okay, so um, let us start some of this good stuff. Um, let's take a roll. Okay, so uh, Amina, are you here? And Mar, I'm David. It's Mar. Uh, hi, Amina and Mar. Hey, Mar. Hey. And Patsy? I'm here. Awesome. And uh, Tom, I heard his voice. And Stephen? Great. And Kelly? Yeah, I'm here. Beautiful. And Brian? I'm here. Hi, Brian. Hi. I think that's everybody. Am I missing anyone? Uh, I'm here. Hi, Lisa. I'm, Lisa. I'm at traffic school on Saturday. Uh-oh. All right. Cool. I'm sure you'll be... I have lots of fun opportunities to practice non-judgment and <laughs> great stuff like that. Give me one second, guys. Okay, I just realized that the um, crystal that I wanted wasn't here, and I can't really do do class without the crystals, right? So, all right. (laughs) So, all right, guys, third quarter. You know, but we're going to start stop calling them quarters because as I do the math in my head, I'm not sure we're going to get through four quarters in a year. So it might be like three quarters with a couple weeks of deep review of the year <laughs> into our second year. But we'll cross that bridge in just a moment. Ah, it's good to be here with you all. It's so good to be here with you all. I would like to share that in reviewing the material for this quarter uh, or for this uh, time together, it has so just reignited my passion for this work. Um, 
you know, Ernest Holmes, who is the founder of religious science, has such a firm grasp of principle, of law, and he called it, you know, uh, religious science because he believed that there was a formula active and working and it's impersonal. You know, it doesn't play favorites and it's not magical. It is an impersonal, impersonal, uh, impersonal uh, life, impersonal law that every single one of us has the right to and can access freely and easily if we so choose. And in our willingness to do so lies true abundance and freedom and peace. And it's just so, when I read it, he's not even trying to sound like a poet, but I just feel the word of the creative essence of the universe flowing through him that it just sounds like poetry to me. It really does. So I'm really looking forward to being able to go deeper into some of his work uh, this time with you. And Butterworth's teachings are so clear. I mean, they are like crystal clear and to the point that it is so beneficial for us because there's, no, there's not a lot of like ands, ifs, or buts about it. And you begin to realize that both of these men share the same, uh, <clears throat> the same message of uh, it will happen for you to the extent that you believe. Talks all about your beliefs. And so this quarter together, we will dive, move through some of the inhibitions and that sort of that doubting Thomas archetype within us so that we can align fully with this knowingness and stand in authority as we uh, intentionally and masterfully create experiences that we are interested in. Hallelujah. So, but first, um, obviously, it's apropos to start our first uh, class of a new quarter with a prayer and meditation. So we want to invite everybody to um, get comfortable and close your eyes. And let's ground in and consciously call forth our spiritual consciousness. I am that I am, our holiest, highest self, the Holy Spirit, that within us which knows. So let's take a deep breath in. And on the exhale, let's just let go of the day. We'll start there. We just allow the day to gently float away. And just breathe. And with each breath, we allow ourselves to enter into this space, this chair, this couch, this whatever it is. Just breathing.
Ah, yes. A breath of gratitude. Grateful. So grateful. Not just lip service, but feel. I invite everyone to just feel the energy and essence of gratitude. A grateful heart. How good is it to be able to dial some numbers and then connect in with our tribe, our spiritual family? So grateful to be able to see in my mind the faces of this beautiful group. And so I see us all holding hands, creating a sacred circle, and it fills my heart with love. And it's from this space of overflow that we begin this blessing. And here and now, we're going to let go of, offer up, surrender anything that just doesn't work anymore, anything that we're not interested in keeping with us anymore. Now, these are the bouts of depression, sadness, anger. These are the thoughts of limitation and stress and ain't it awful and for me and I just can't. We're letting that all out, placing it on the table. We're surrendering it because it's nothing that we're interested in trying to figure out. We're not looking to get to the root cause of our behavior anymore. We're not spending years in being angry and blaming other people for our circumstances. But we know that our lives are a direct outpicturing of our consciousness. And we take full responsibility of that now. And it's good. There is light filled in that commitment. So we breathe in the light. Yes, and this light is our truest essence. It is our true form. No longer constricted in these physical bodies. We are aware now fully of our luminosity. We breathe in the light and we declare all the qualities of God. We think on God now. And as we think of these qualities and I breathe them and speak them into your beingness now, into your reality, we affirm that all of these qualities describe perfectly each and every one of us abundance and joy, peacefulness, prosperity, creativity, power, fun, enthusiasm, light, expansiveness, brilliance, yes, yes, innocence, kindness, yes, These are all words that describe you. These words describe Lisa. These words describe Patsy. These words describe Tom. These words describe Mar. These words describe Stephen. These words describe Brian. These words describe Kelly. These words describe Amina. These words describe Jesse. Yes. This is the only truth we're interested in anymore. 
we free ourselves from this misperception of these sick bodies, these limited resources, these complaints, this overwhelming situation, and we just allow the expansiveness of the truth of who and what we are to come forth into the forefront of our consciousness as we open our hearts and shine our light. Yes, we are brilliant. We are bright. And we are grateful to know it. Yes. We are seeing the truth of who we are. Mm, And it is good. And so now we invite all beings of light, all of our teachers in this dimension and beyond, but only those who work in the light to come sit with us now to hold this sacred space with us. Our ancestors and other council members of the light beyond, our brothers and sisters from different stars, you are welcome now to join us if you are interested in activating a higher level of consciousness, this Christ consciousness, in us and on this planet. We are grateful for all the support that we experience. We welcome it freely. And we call forth now the violet flame of transmutation, this aspect of the divine, this alchemic element. We invite it now to flow through all of our bodies and subtle bodies, our physical beingness, our mental, emotional, and etheric bodies. We allow it to flow through freely, removing any last remnants of a blockage any dust or plaque of a block that might prevent us from hearing clearly our divine guidance, our loving counsel. And so we allow this beautiful violet flame to soak and saturate into every cell, atom, and electron of our physical being to flow freely through our mental bodies, clearing any density away, flowing freely freely through our emotional bodies, cutting all the cords to past experiences and past life experiences that we drag with us and, and which act as filters in front of our eyes. We see now a world of love and freedom, of kindness and possibility. We are free. And we send this flame to our etheric body, our astral body, supporting it as it communes with the divine. And we send it to our auric field and our magnetic field. And we send this flame with the support of our teachers here in the invisible and the sacred circle, this group of our, our friends, our spiritual family, to the planet. And we place Mother Earth in the center of our circle. We just send waves of this purple light, this violet light around her. We see her enveloped. We see this light flowing to all of the children and youth on this planet to all places where there's an appearance of famine or lack or poverty, to all places where there's appearance of mass destruction and pollution, we see Mother Earth returning to her original state of fertility and beauty, and we live on her. We cohabitate, cohabitate. We give thanks for her willingness to support us and host us as we explore in this human realm. Thank you, Mother Earth. And we just breathe in the violet light. And let's just take a moment of silence to simply breathe in the violet light and breathe it out. 
knowing that this is the light of alchemy. That anything that feels heavy or negative is now transmuting into healing essence for everyone. We are free. And now we place in the center of our circle our spiritual community, inspire spiritual community. We place every member, anyone who's ever participated in any capacity in any of our services, classes, events, anyone who's ever contributed to our growth, and anyone who ever will. We place our loved ones in the circle as well. And we just send waves of light to all of our family members, to this entire community, this global community. And we breathe into this community the possibility of growth and expansion, of generosity and kindness, of thriving minds. We see in our mind's eye One year from today, one year from today, we see our community. What does it look like? What does your spiritual community look like one year from today? Feel the feelings that come in knowing that because of your contribution, your voice, your creative ideas, your commitment, that it is in this space, this stage now. How does it feel to know that you are a leader, part of the ecclesiastic body? And just breathe into it. Breathe into the possibilities of your life. As a member of this community, Holy Spirit, we share all of the healing benefits of this visualization of this healing exercise. We are cleansed and cleared of all blockages of anything that was preventing a clearer understanding, a deeper listening. And we are so grateful. It's from this grateful heart, from this space of overflow, knowing that we are one with the infinite resource of God that we share all of these human benefits with everyone because we're one with them, knowing that we are all innocent, we are all light, and that is all we have ever been and all we ever will be. And in grace and gratitude, we allow it to be, and so it is. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes.
Beautiful. So, uh, before we hop on in, um, I'd like to give everybody two minutes to just check in um, real quick as we begin this new round. What have you been up to and what's new? Uh, So we'll just put two minutes on the clock just for the um, sake of structure, (laughs) for the sake of structure and uh, being able to get through everything that I'd like to get through. So, uh, Amina, what's new with you? Hi, sorry, I was challenged to find the mute button. I'm doing great. Um, Really have had a lot of realizations lately, and uh, Jennifer deeply supported me in seeing that I was really holding on to some stuff and, you know, I'm thinking I'm doing the work and I'm working it out and everything. And then I realized, oh, wait, you're still in deep judgment and resistance and you're not letting go of this and you're not seeing it properly. So really helped me to kind of get that, um, oh, tap with a velvet glove. Um, <laughs> um, and and I I also have to say that the sound bath that Hayes did with um, Daniel on Monday was deeply healing for my heart. And um, just between that kind of recent work and other things I've been doing, it just feels like I've let go of some pretty big stuff that I've been kind of holding. And the other thing is that I, I took a leap this week and um, I've been wanting to take singing lessons for a really long time, really about the last two years I've been getting the nudge to do it and I've been so scared. And, you know, when Mike was sharing recently about his going to dance class and re- resisting it before, it really resonated with me. And he and I had chatted recently and kind of made an agreement that I was going to move ahead on this and he was going to move ahead on some things. So. I'm going to start that um, for real next week. So um feels good. Gorgeous. Beautiful. I love it. Let me, let me know when you're ready to be our music guest. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I'll put you, I'll put you in touch with Patsy. Um, okay. <laughs> cool. Rocking. Cool. Great. Um, Mar, how are you doing? Uh, you know, I I have to. I, the past month has been a bit of a challenge for me. I'll be honest with you. I um, I'm sort of I'm getting out of it now. I don't know what's been going on planetarily or, uh, but it's it's been hard. I mean, it's it's been a challenge. Um, slowly but surely, getting myself out of the out of the muck, you know, um. There's been a lot of self-doubt and a lot of questioning and, and um, you know, some depression. Um, I, um, you know, truth be told, I don't, I don't know how, how, um, how consistent I've been with, with keeping up with, with the practice. And I think a lot of it has had to do with the fact that I've just been in a real, I've been kind of in a funk, 
you know. Um, and uh, I think that maybe the past month or so has just been really mostly about just me maintaining and just keeping my emotions in check, which is, has been a challenge for me. But um, I think I'm um, I'm sort of feeling better. I feel like I'm I'm sort of getting back into it again, and so um, that's been it for me. I honestly, it's been a challenge. Yeah, but it's it's getting a little better. Yeah, you know, a lot of people have been feeling it, sister. Really, really. <clears throat> um, I. I'm I me being one of them too. Uh I've had a lot of challenges this last month. And um but like you said, uh I really feel like uh I'm moving through it as well. In fact I feel on like I'm on the other side of it. Um so I'll bring you with me. And uh yeah, you know, I really uh I mean and you and I can just talk about this too, you know, um, about finding a practice that works for you no matter what, because, you know, it's, um, and I am the master of this. I've gone through this so many times, Mark, that, like, I really get it. Like, when shit comes up or shit goes down, it's like you just don't have it in you to sit and do a practice, and yet it's the practice, the conscious connection, the calling in your support system that will help you have gain the insights of the experience. And so really, I mean, and, and sometimes it's got to be really simple. You know, I'm a big fan of just keeping it simple. And, you know, sometimes that just looks like I don't care if I have to sit down for 10 minutes, my arms crossed, and how with my eyes closed, I'm going to pray, I'm going to meditate, even if the meditation sounds like this is stupid, you know, and I'm going to do it. And there is really, you know, there's something in it. There really is like some sort of medicinal quality in it. And so, but, you know, the flip side of it too is how grateful I am for spiritual community that we can have the open floor to say, yeah, it's been hard. I feel like shit sometimes. I've been working through depression. And then you have so many people that are instantly already lifting you up, you know, and, and just to have the space to share authentically. Thank God, you know, um, so we don't have to keep it all in. So I really bow to your willingness, Mar, always to just keep it so real. It's such a beautiful thing and it's something that people resonate with. And um, so I really honor that within you. Mm. Um, and I love you. I love you too. Yeah, love you. <laughs> uh, Patsy. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you know, there's been a lot of. It's been an interesting time. Um, but I'm. As challenging as the face of it is, I'm actually feeling really optimistic. Um, I'm excited about um, what's happening in my physical body. I'm excited uh, about the comprehensive healing that I've really been believing for and that I'm seeing 
uh, take place. And uh, just excited about the fact that I know that I, um, by the time I get to the end of this year, I'll be super high functioning, <laughs> which is great. Um, and, um, um, you know, just to to reiterate you know, a couple of things. One, you know, Mar, uh, as, as Mar knows well, um, she wasn't alone in really feeling this funk, and I was going through it as well, and then I had a, you know, I had that moment of realizing exactly what you just said, that as unmotivated as I found myself to practice because of that, there was also a part of me that knew that the practice was the thing that was going to help me shift. And so I'm I'm happy to report that after really kind of going through it for a few weeks, that this past week I could really feel that shift happening and me getting back to a place of, of centeredness and peace. And um, and then I, it, I saw Amina earlier today, and we were talking about some parallels between us because I also had a moment where someone who I love dearly and who serves as spiritual accountability for me um, got kind of intense with me this this past week and 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 called called me on some stuff that I really needed to be called on and uh and and it just really brought to my awareness the the way in which I, I you know I'm I'm still working through this issue of detachment um from things that do not serve me well and uh but it was it was it was it was firm, but it was loving, and I'm so appreciative that I have those people in my life who, because of their deep love for me and their belief in me, will say, come on, you know, I'm holding the space for this for you, but I'm going to be here to help you walk through it, but you've got to really, you got to want to do that, you've, you know, and so that was a, that was a, that was a good, that was an assist in the shifting as well, just to have that loving but firm uh, feedback from someone who I know does hold that space. So that's it, and I'm just I'm happy to be here for another session. Well, we, got, we went a little over, but I'd like you to share <clears throat> in one minute or less, Patsy. Um, you had a little bit of a miracle uh, demonstration, didn't you? I did. Yeah. So I. Um, over the past several years, I've been diagnosed with three different autoimmune disorders, and one of them is a disorder called Addison's disease. And um, it's, you know, there've been a lot of lot of things, issues associated with it. So I had this recent, for lack of a better word, medical crisis. And when I went in to be seen, um, I got this amazing doctor who decided, look, we need to just comprehensively look at everything that's been going on with you. They did full body scans and uh, extensive testing. And one of the results of that was that he made the discovery that my adrenal system, which is the system in which this disorder, that this disorder uh, overtakes, was in absolute perfect working condition um, and that there's absolutely no sign of the Addison's in me at all. Um, And in my meditation time and part of my spiritual focus um i got very specific this past year about things and that that particular issue the addisons was something that um i 
fastidiously uh, held forth for healing um, concerning that just because of just the sheer anxiety that was associated with it whenever I would have an episode. And uh, so, yeah, like just, just to see those numbers and to hear how perfectly functioning that system is, um, it's just an amazing thing. Beautiful. I love it. And so it is. This is the year of demonstration. It is. It is. It is. Tom. How you doing, bud? All right. Uh, Yeah, I had... uh, I've been listening to some um, CDs I've had for the last 30... uh, maybe uh, 10, 15 years, something like that. And some of them I haven't uh, heard at all. I hadn't even opened up. Uh, and I've been listening to some on prosperity and on uh, uh, relationships and different things like that. It's, uh, and I've been listening to different uh, of these CDs. And last Thursday I had just gone out to eat over. I went to Merrick's uh, restaurant and I... I just happened to sit down next to this guy that was at one table by myself, and he was at the next table by himself. And we just got to talking, and we really connected. And as I was leaving, I had felt some sort of a shift in me, that that things were getting a whole lot better for me. And as I've been continuing to do my homework and listening to these uh, tapes, uh, CDs, and, and stuff, and doing uh, my meditation and stuff, it's bringing a lot of stuff up that I don't know what it is exactly. I mean, I had a, uh, I dreamt today this afternoon. I was asleep, and I remember that. Uh, some guy was uh, shooting me with a, 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 one of these machine guns. And uh, for whatever reason, I have no idea, but apparently it was bringing all these fears up and releasing them. So, you know, it was just something, you know, that I was just... Uh, I felt a release, and I feel a, uh, more of a release now that these things have, are coming up and and being done away with, for lack of a better word, you know, that realizing that they that I don't have to hang on to them, that I can uh, change change them uh, right now. It was like Jacob Glass was talking about the other day in uh, his class, about just realizing that we don't have to hold on to them, that uh, we start thinking new thoughts. We don't think uh, bring these things up anymore. And just just taking these and just saying, okay, this is it. I don't have to deal with this anymore, you know, and just keep on going. And it's been a good week, I guess. You know, other than I got a new refrigerator last week, because the other one had uh, broken down, and that was so I got a brand new one, and I like this one. Great. And I Perfect. Got it on. 
Love it. Great. Well, it's good to have you here, Tom. Well done, guys. A lot of shifting, a lot of growing. Stephen, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing very well. Um, I think I'm just going to piggyback a little bit on what Tom said of where, like I, same thing of where noticing when certain thoughts would come up, like, okay, I don't need to attach to this anymore. Like, this doesn't serve me anymore. And um, just how much easier it makes things. And so, I don't know, the last couple of weeks, I've uh, I got a nice little raise at work that was very unexpected and very uh, appreciated. Um, I've somehow ended up on the Charleston Pride Committee. I don't quite know how that happened, but <laughs> I'm doing it. Uh, and I met a very cute guy, and we've gone out a couple of times. And, yeah, things are, are going pretty well. Great. Sounds like some demonstration on your part, for sure. Well, yeah, I think I've just been, I've put myself out there more in ways that I never did before, of where it's like, okay, these are the things I have to say, <laughs> and I don't know, it's, 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 it, I bring a different energy, I think, to things than I did uh, even a year ago, probably. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah, and um, yeah, we've got this day <laughs> yoga group starting up, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. Time. Beautiful. That's great, Stephen. Well, it's great to hear you uh, uh, really, you know, these are, you know, guys, it's important, really important, like Stephen just shared, acknowledge the growth, acknowledge the um, uh, the appearances, you know, acknowledge the proof, you know, proof is, you know, more flow, uh, enjoying relationships, feeling more free, you know, uh, being magnetic. So it's great. Wonderful, Stephen. Uh, Kelly, what's going on with you, sister? I'm working. Um, yeah, I'm kind of in it, I would say probably close with Mari. I kind of really relate with what she said, especially for me the last couple of weeks, which I mean several people know, is this, I've had a lot of issues with my living space. Um they treated it for bugs last week, and that was a huge upheaval of everything. Like, I couldn't, like, I, I really didn't feel like I could eat at home for, like, almost a week because um, I didn't, I just didn't have access to my kitchen. And then there was plumbing issues and this and that and this and that. And it's just, you know, it's interesting because I've had to tell people, like, oh, my God, you're, you seem so happy and you're doing so great. And I'm like, yeah, screw that. <laughs> I mean, it's been, I mean, I feel like, you know, I look back, like, you know, like, Four years ago, if all this shit was happening, I would probably just be curled up in bed crying and not doing anything, but it's definitely not the space that I'm happy in either, so. Yeah, Yeah, you know, it just, uh, what intuitively came up to me since we're in Sacred Circle uh, is that, you know, in dreams, I believe, houses and the places that we live represent our consciousness. And so um, as we, I mean, as you know, you know, when there's um, chaos within our thinking and our mind, as we mindfully approach it, you know, it's very symbolic of cleaning out the stuff that no longer serves us, you know, getting the bugs out, you know, everything like this addressing, allowing uh, you know, having the willingness to allow whatever to come to the surface so we can address it 
and then released it. Do what needs to be done to put the healing balm on it or acknowledge that there is no healing that needs to be done because it's not even a thing anymore. And so our living space is very much uh, an extension of that. If you want to work in the realm of, you know, uh, symbology, the waking dream. And so, you know, it feels like uh, something to consider and maybe put into um, your contemplation time too, Kelly, is, you know, is there, uh, are there programs or thoughts that come up that I continue to acknowledge that are just broken, that are no longer needed now, that I can move through, that I can release, that I'm ready to cut the cords up? What, you know, uh, spring cleaning am I willing to do on a uh, mental level as well, a psychic level? Um, because if everything is an outpicturing of our consciousness, you know, we have to accept that, that everything is an outpicturing of our consciousness. And so um, not only when we feel like it, you know, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, and so, you know, I definitely feel like there's an invitation there to just say, okay, God, what is it? If I don't, I, I don't know what it is. So if I knew what questions to ask, tell me. Tell me the questions to ask so I can get, through this process uh, and maintain my, you know, uh, maintain uh, my willingness and my loving heart. And again, it's so important, like Kelly just did, to acknowledge the growth, too, to say, you know, four years ago, I would have been curled in bed. Now I'm actually out there, I'm addressing it, I'm doing what needs to be done, and I'm still participating in society. That's a huge leap. It's a huge demonstration of growth and one to be acknowledged. So, and again, Kelly, thank you for your willingness to just be authentic and put it out there. It really is beneficial for everyone. Um, and, you know, we're, we're lifting you up too. And we'll uh, put, we'll make sure to um, support you and Mar in prayer at the end of class. Brian, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Can everybody hear me okay? Yep. Good. Uh, now we can't hear you at all. Brian, maybe did you accidentally get put on mute or something? Okay, we'll trust that whatever technical glitch is uh, going to work itself out very shortly, and we'll uh, move on to Lisa as Brian rejoins us. Lisa. Yes. What's up, girlfriend? How you doing? I'm doing good. Um, I think in the first quarter, I was kind of, for some reason, I really emphasized doing things or questioning my reason for doing what I'm doing. And I wanted to have the right reasons. And um, I've kind of gone past that, I've noticed in myself, and now I'm emphasizing and focusing on balance, which is, uh, I've noticed that 
I need everything in order for it all to work together and to, for my life to work. I need, um, you know, I need this group. I need the energy from people. I need uh, my dogs. I need that spiritual practice every morning or every, sometime during the day. Um, I, the Course Club is really helpful to me. Um, I really enjoy my life a lot more. Um, I really like doing what I'm doing. I enjoy it. And there has been some challenges. And um, I think like Kelly and Mar, I noticed that I did a little did a little better this time than before. Uh, I feel... I just feel the love that's inside of me. I don't know how to explain it, but it's there. It's closer to me. I'm not so disconnected from it. And um, when things happen, you know, uh, I know what to do to try to connect to that love again, I guess, what's happening. But um, anyway, I really am appreciative of this whole process. I just really... I'm so thankful. Yes. I really have made some big changes over the past few years. Great. Well, I'm so grateful that we get to experience the fruits of that change. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. It's good to hear your voice, Lisa. Um, Brian, did you... uh, can you hear us, Brian? I'm not sure what's happening. Maybe um, if you can hear us, Brian, maybe you want to uh, hang up and call back in or I'm not sure. I want to be able to support you and listen to you, hear your beautiful voice. Okay, well, I'm sure that he'll let us know when the... uh, And again, Brian, if you can't hear this, maybe you're on mute. I'm not sure. Okay, so... um, Yay, everybody. So I'd like to, before we take our break, which we will do in about mm, 10 minutes or so, I'd like to talk about... um, a couple things that I'd like to really support everybody in really standing in um, this this quarter specifically. Um, We are going to continue to have uh, all practitioners now, both this group and um, the new the new guys, which are who are really great, I'm really excited to be able to expand our family. Um, stay with the hospitality ministry. Um, I was thinking of developing, growing into the pastoral care ministry as well, but I don't think it's time for that quite yet, because I'd really like to master the. Uh, this process um, and really um, 
master the art of service, really master it. And I share that because probably out of everything, out of all of the other practices, of all the tools in my spiritual toolkit, being of service, selfless service to others, for others, is the greatest gift that I've ever received. (laughs) And being of service for God, for love, is what we're here to do. And I've really been contemplating it lately because um, it really is the key to abundance. Truly, truly, the key to abundance. Um, Because when we give freely, we are acknowledging, we're declaring that there is nothing I need. When we give from a space of, uh, when we give without the need to get, that is a declaration that everything I could possibly need is pre-installed. I am part of supply. I'm not using supply. I am part of it. Use me, God. Show me where I can be. And a lot of times it just shows up looking like yes. Now, what we will come, uh, what we will have to move through is our ego thinking, I'm too good for this. I don't want to. It's an inconvenience, da 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 whatever it is. I've gone through them all. And, um, but it's so important. In fact, it is crucial to our development and growth as spiritual teachers and practitioners that we master, and I mean that, become masters of selfless service. Now, When I say we have to give without the need to get, that even means we must give without the need to be acknowledged for the giving. So if we are doing something and the thought comes up, well, they didn't even say thank you, then we are giving to get. When we are doing something and um, nobody else, shows up and we are resentful and angry at other people, we're giving to get. Now, these are things that I've really had to work through, guys, in strides, like to where I was on my knees praying for God, like just I surrender. I can't be upset anymore. I can't, um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be resentful. I don't want to have this, um, this, this anger Uh, towards other people that I'm being of service to, you know, (laughs) because people weren't treating me the way I feel like I needed to be treated because look at me, I'm being of service. And that's just taking me into martyrdom. And who has time for that? So we show up and we're of service because it's what we are here to do. There is no greater good that any of us could possibly do than be of service to our brothers and sisters. That's just it hands down. And when we are, this is especially um, important to know when we are talking about this sort of work, this ministerial work, because there is definitely, and I've had to really do a lot of healing work around this, there is absolutely 
an aspect of needing the recognition. I need to be recognized for my giving. I need to be recognized for my gifts. I need to be recognized for my talents, for my contributions. I need to be recognized. And that is completely ego-based, and it is painful. It is so painful because I'm here to tell you, you will never be recognized enough. And I consider that even as we build our ministry. Why do we continue to build? What is the motivating force behind it? If we're truly here to serve humanity, then what does that really look like? And does that mean that I, you know, and so I gauge myself. Do I get upset when I see another community that just started, like they look like a bunch of rock stars and 300 people are going to each one of their meetings and I'm showing up to put up chairs and dust and whatever, and no one shows up, and I feel that resentment, I have to stop and say, well, why are you resentful? Um, there's, a little noise. there's a little noise in the background, so maybe everyone can put their hand on mute. Um, and so that's, we're going to really become conscious of that. We are going to become masterful in being of service. That's going to be one of our main focuses this quarter, is the art of being of service. And we are going to practice that by being of service at Inspire at least one hour a month because that's what we all agreed to. Everybody signed a contract uh, participating in this that at least one hour uh, a month I will come and be of service at the community. And how we do that is by being the hospitality um, ministry now. So... If you're already of service in the community, I bow to you and I thank you. I thank you, thank you, thank you for contributing your gifts and talents. And this is going to be, in addition to that, we are asking that we each, everyone, schedule themselves at least once a month to come at 10.30 a.m., help set up, prepare, and greet people as they come in um, and acknowledge new people and make sure they're taken care of. Uh, and we're going to recommit to this process because last quarter it was great. Initially it was wonderful, and then it became a challenge finding people to show up. Or the same two or three people would keep coming, and the other people sort of, you know, um, puttered off. And listen, I acknowledge that life unfolds. It always will. That's something that we can always be sure of. But it's time for us to deepen our commitment to this process, to our healing process. And so it may seem trivial showing up to do the hospitality, to do this thing, but I promise you it is an important and powerful element of your training and your spiritual studies and your spiritual practice. Um, Yes, and so at the end of class, I will... uh, have some dates and we'll start getting our uh, list ready for uh, the rest of May and for June. And I just uh, continue to thank you all for your willingness to show up and serve. Um, Great. And especially, we're going to be focusing on service, especially because we're talking about prosperity and abundance and flow this quarter. Um, a few categories, that, and I'll get into this after our break a little bit more, 
a few topics that we have to become really skilled in being able to talk about with a social perspective is money, romance, and finance. <laughs> romance, finance, and then and also health. Romance, finance, and health. Um, and so through the exploration of spiritual economics by uh, Eric Butterworth, which is a beautiful book, we just learn actually more about God. <laughs> uh, and as he talks about prosperity. But before we take our break and before we go on, and I'll answer some questions after break if we have them, uh, I'd like to see if Brian, I think, is back, uh, if you'd like to share and check in with the group. Yep, hi. Sorry hi. about that. I don't know when the call dropped off or how much you missed of my, my talk. We didn't hear one part of it. So all we heard was, hi, it's Brian, and then you were gone. Oh, none of it. Yeah, okay. none of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really, really quickly then, I, um, the work that I'm doing now is with Jesse. Uh, I think many of you have met him, my new, we call each other boyfriend now. Uh, the foundation of the relationship is definitely spiritual. It was perfect timing. Uh, Luke mentioned last year when he gave us all our Vedic uh, readings that in the late spring, early summer, I would be meeting a young man that would be there to support me in my work and in my dream of becoming a spiritual practitioner. So this is the first relationship that I've had that I haven't had to sacrifice my dream, my yoga, my meditation, my tai chi, whatever it was to be with the other person, that I'm, I'm not doing any of that. I'm... I'm fully committed to having the relationship be based on spiritual principles of, of truth primarily and not worrying about the future. Um, not playing any games. If I have a thought that pops into my head, there's, I never censor it. It's always, this is what I'm thinking. Isn't that a silly thought or isn't that a beautiful thought? But there's no withholds, and that allows Jesse also to be free and to open up. Um, and then today, uh, Jesse said that he, in his, he was at the sound bath on Monday and how wonderful that was. He really, really loved it. And he just, he loves the community, by the way. Everybody, thank you so much for just being so welcoming. And in the sound bath, he, in his meditation, he realized that for the first time in his life, he wants to not think of just himself, but he wants to think of others, and he wants to put me kind of first in my dream of building a spiritual community, of having Inspire Hilo in Hawaii. And, and I broke down and cried because Luke predicted uh, that I would have that type of relationship. So my, my work now is uh, remembering the adage that uh, you can never find happiness outside of yourself, that happiness always comes inside. So it looks like all of a sudden I've, I've got this new relationship and I'm extremely happy because of something outside of me. But again, trying and realizing to keep it centered, to keep it spirit-centered uh, and not have it be about anything other than the work that we're doing. So I'm going to need help in <laughs> keeping, keeping calm, keeping centered, and realizing that true bliss, that the true gift always comes from God for me. It's not about me being a teacher. It's not about me doing anything. This is my work. This is my gift, my door that's opening up for me to go deeper within myself. Beautiful. Love it. Let's yeah. hurry up and get that Inspire Hawaii going. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I, I especially I'll, have to use, I'll have to come over for weeks at a time to just support you. <laughs> I especially want uh, to acknowledge and thank Sushant because uh, after the first day that I brought Jesse to the Heart Center, Sushant called me to acknowledge the fact that I have had such a history of sadness in my relationships and he saw the love and he saw the happiness and uh, again when I wasn't in the heart center last week and uh, Sushant sent me a text and said you know we missed you so the reality of our spiritual community isn't just nice words we really are there for each other I'm, I'm experiencing that and, and I am dedicating myself even more to being here as part of our community and part of the work that we're doing, creating this beautiful, beautiful, dynamic change of consciousness. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. All right, my beautiful friends, my spiritual adventurers, my homies, let's take five minutes, 7.35, I'll meet you back here. Please don't hang up. Just put your handhelds on mute and uh, refill your waters or teas, go potty, and I'll see you in a bit.
Okay. We are back. So, um, do you have any questions uh, real quick? Any questions about anything that we shared or uh, anything that's happened yet? I don't have a question, Cal, but um, can I just share from it, Jess, about the hospitality ministry, a little bit more about what kind of my perspective and what we talked a little bit about this last week? Sure. Okay. So, because I know one thing, guys, um, I'll give you kind of the background a little bit. Just the, Jess and I met with Mark Anthony this week, who's mentoring us, um, and we were talking about it and talking about um, the hospitality ministry in particular, but also ministry, you know, volunteers in general. And one of the things came up was, you know, communicating, you know, the importance and the value of it. And I know sometimes, yeah, Jesse said, Mink, like, well, it's putting up chairs and all. And I think a lot of people don't see necessarily the other half of that. Um, and so I wanted to share that. One of the things we've talked about is Jesse really, and this is something I'll say from my heart, um, and we've kind of discussed in having him do this, is he really, when he comes in on Sunday, I think it's really important for him to be centered, to be, you know, focused on spirit, to be focused on, you know, getting in touch with what his message is for the day, because that's his big role um, on Sundays. And so on his aspect, one of the things that I myself and Mark Anthony um, have asked of Jesse is that he doesn't come in as early and doesn't help with chairs and doesn't help with that stuff so that he can really um, be centered in and be able to do the best job he does um, for Sundays. And then I'll say for me, it's really, really appreciated. Um, Most of you guys know, I mean, I've got about three and a half years with Jesse, um, history with him, and he's my primary teacher. And for me, when I come in, I'm like, okay, I got to do chairs, and I got to do this, and I got to do that. And, you know, I I especially noticed the last couple weeks where we didn't have anybody really there, excluding, I mean, like the regulars that, you know, come most weeks, but I mean in terms of practitioners, um, where there was a lot more to do in the morning and afterwards there was a lot more for me to do, it created a situation for me, and I think this may have actually contributed to me being a little off, um, where even during service and I'm not able to sit and focus because I've got so much like, oh, my gosh, i got to do this, i got to do this, and what about this, and da-da-da. And um, so it's interesting that I think, you know, a lot of times people perceive like, oh, it's hospitality, oh, I'm setting up chairs, I'm making coffee. Um, really take to heart that that creates opportunities not only to touch people's hearts and to touch people's lives. I've had people come in and say, oh, my God, it was so nice that there was coffee when I came this morning. You know, there's that aspect of it. But it also creates balance and calmness for the other people who are also ministering that day, that they're able to focus and, you know, really do what they're called to do for that service. And then, you know, hopefully by then when they're able to focus and they're able to bless you through whatever they're doing, but it creates more of a harmony versus, you know, people getting frazzled and, you know, getting pulled in too many directions. It's almost like a puzzle. And if all the puzzle pieces are working together, you end up with this beautiful picture and the corner piece might go, well, I'm just a corner. And it's like, well, yeah, but if the corner piece wasn't there, the whole thing gets crazy. Um, 
so I just want to say, you know, again, for those who, who are able to do that, um, you know, like Jesse said, you know, it's always a month. I'm like, I'm always good for more if you're up to it. But, um, you know, I just want to say that that really is such a beautiful, critical part of the ministry because it just creates balance throughout the whole service and for the people who are doing other things also. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Kelly. Those that help out, but it does help me to help Kelly as well as Jesse, you know, to uh, keep them focused on what they're supposed to be doing. I will point out stuff, you know, that I see that needs their attention, but yet, you know, if it's something that I can usually take care of or I can delegate to somebody else and I've been delegating for so many years. It's just uh, second nature to me. But it helps when people do come and show up and be on time to to do these things. And I know I've been running a little late on the last couple of Sundays because for some reason I've been oversleeping, and I don't know why I've been oversleeping. But uh, I am so glad for, like, this past Saturday evening that, we had people to help out to to set up all the chairs and stuff because that took a load off of my mind coming in on Sunday morning. And I know Jesse had come in. He had made coffee already. Uh, well, I had to come in at first. I had to, to uh, clean out the pot and stuff and uh, help out with all that stuff. But, in, you know, those times when Jesse's been there making coffee and stuff, which he shouldn't have been having to do. You know, that should have been something that was delegated. But, you know, it was what it was, and I'm not here to argue with what is. And uh, But I do want to, to say, you know, that helping out with the service and stuff and after service is very vital. And I was very uh, appreciative that Sunday after service, I looked up. I was busy counting the money and stuff, and I looked up at, through the window there, and all the chairs had been put away and stuff, and you know, without me even having to ask, and that is is very much appreciated, you know. So I want to say, you know, thank you for all that. Yes, <clears throat> for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I want to really reiterate. It's not like I'm. It's not. I'm not disappointed or anything like that at all. But I think that we can even deepen our commitment to it um, because our job is to build community. That's just what it is. Uh, the job is to build community. And uh, as a very weak community that uh, lies too heavily upon a few key people. You know what I mean? And so this is your home. Uh, and that's why the hospitality ministry is kind of great. It's because you get to come and just make your home ready for your guests and your friends. This is your place. So, yeah, I love it. I love the place. You know, I mean, the last five years, I can count on my hand how many times I have missed coming in and um, setting up. But I feel, uh, for me, it's time for me to step down from that for now um, and step deeper into uh, my commitment to being a teacher. So, 
for everyone, you know, this is how we learn. But service without those, all those <laughs> Sundays being sweaty and sweating and <laughs> moving heavy shit, you know, I wouldn't appreciate and love and admire it. And I'm happy to do it. I was always so happy to do it because I love you guys so much and love what we're doing. So it's a wonderful thing to be able to take care of those that you love. Anyhow, okay, moving forward, we have to get to the work tonight because uh, if we don't, then uh, we're not going to get through it because uh, we're going to experiment tonight and see how it works. But I'd like to read together the entire first chapter of Spiritual Economics by Eric Butterworth. Now, Eric Butterworth was a, um, he's a minister, an author, and a radio personality. And um, he's very well known, especially in the unity uh, communities. And his book, his most famous book, is Spiritual Economics. He has a few other books which are really excellent. But this is the one that is taught through many, many, many religious science and science of mind practitioner courses because it really does a wonderful, beautiful, masterful job at talking about source and true abundance and prosperity. So this book is going to be a gateway to a much, much, much broader conversation, or maybe I should say a much, much smaller conversation because there's only one thing we're really ever talking about. But this is going to provide us with a lot of clarity. So everybody uh, will read one page. Does anyone not have the book? If you don't have the book, speak up now or forever hold your Okay, cool. So everybody has a copy of the book. We're going to do one page at a time. If a sentence bleeds onto another page, just finish the sentence. But don't finish the whole paragraph. Just finish your sentence, and the next person will pick up after you. Here's the reading order. So you just have to remember who goes before you, okay? Uh, first will be me. I will go first. And then it will be Amina. And then it will be Mar. And then Patsy, Tom, Stephen, Kelly, Brian, and Lisa. I'll repeat that one more time. And just remember, just listen for who will read ahead of you. <clears throat> Jesse, Amina, Mar, Patsy, Tom, Stephen, Kelly, Brian, Lisa. And if there's a silence, I'll just remind whoever is not reading to read. So yes. let's Would you just dive. I'm sorry. Um, I sorry. I just wanted to uh, ask if you would um, just kind of let me know when to stop. I'm reading in a different format, and I don't okay. really know if my pages end when yours do. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, oh, going yeah. forward, Jesse, guys. I'm sorry, sorry? Jesse. And yeah, my I'm also reading from a Kindle, so my format is different as well. Cool. Cool. Um, going forward, guys, I might ask that we all get the book just because it's uh, just easier for reading in class, especially when we're doing so much reading. Uh, it's no harm, no foul, but just uh, to keep that in mind, going forward, we might all just get the paper back. So we're all, um, you know, just for that. Okay, but nobody did anything wrong. Everyone is so great and so loved, okay? <laughs> I, jo- I jest. It's important to laugh, guys. All right, you guys ready to hear about the truth about substance? He's ready to hear about the truth about substance already. Yeah, great. All right, 
Now, here's what I'm going to ask everybody to do. As we read, have your pens out, have your highlighters out, have your notes out if you have the Kindle so you can take notes. Um, mark on the book, wherever you want to go back, anything that you saw that was great, we're going to review it, we're going to talk about it, okay? So this is going to be our springboard to our conversation. The truth about substance. Most of us have grown up under the influence of religions that dealt with a universe of many parts. God in heaven above, earth and human life beneath, hell and Satan under earth. Perhaps we have been freed from the latter and we may have come to an omni-view of the former, but too often we have failed to get it all together. This is what religion should be. This is beautiful. The word religion comes from a root word that means bind together. Thus, the word actually means unity, oneness, wholeness. Unfortunately, religions have been institutions instead of perceptions, gorgeous, something you join rather than a transcendent you experience. We have been conditioned to believe that God works exclusively through the machinery of an ecclesiastical body. We need to refresh ourselves within the vision of Paul's sermon on Mars Hill. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by man, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he gives, since he himself gives to all men life and breath and everything. Yet he is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. Acts seventeen twenty four through twenty five twenty seven and twenty eight. When you think of God, you may follow the subconscious tendency to think up to a giant Michelangelo-like figure of a superman with bulging muscles and a long white beard sitting alone on his billowy cloud throne with all the wealth of the universe in his hand. You may insist that you do not hold such an image. Perhaps not. But when you pray for God's help in some financial problem, do you ask God for supply from God's all-sufficiency? H. Emil Cady, the new thought pioneer and author of the Influential Lessons in Truth, poses a challenging insight that every sincere seeker after truth should reflect upon. God is not a being with qualities or attributes, but he is the good itself coming into expression as life, love, power, wisdom. What this says is that God is not loving. God is the allness of love. God is not wise. God is the allness of wisdom. All right. Um, oh, okay, here we go. Uh, I lost my place. Um It's God is not a dispenser of divine oh, yeah, substance. Oh, I got it. Um, God is not a dispenser of divine substance. God is the allness of ever-present substance in which we live, move, and have being. And this is the subtle but vitally important key on which the entire structure of spiritual economic, economics rests. The word substance comes from the Latin substare, which means stand under. 
This is a substance standing under, there's a substance standing under everything. We are not referring just to the component parts that make up the thing, but to the non-material essence at the root of it. Today, we know much about molecules and atoms and subatomic particles, but what is not commonly known is that the focus of research is now being centered not on the minute particles of the material, but on what is called the reality of the non-material. The space between them is now considered more important than the particles themselves. In this space, in this space is to be found a field of force that holds the particle in their orbits. It is even being conjectured that the particle is not just acted upon by the force, but it is the force acting as a particle. Certainly, this, is, this has application in our relation to God. We are not just acted upon by God, but we are the activity of God expressing as us. We talk of faith that God will provide, but what do we mean? We will be dealing with faith in a later chapter, but for now, let us be clear on one thing. Faith doesn't influence God out there to enrich us to fill our needs down here. Faith is the spiritual capacity by which we may form and shape this ever-present basic element of spirit substance. Thank you, Mark. Patsy? Mike Todd once put this awareness in the simplest way when he said, many times I have been broke, but I've never been poor. Any person who understands this will have in his or her possession the key by which he or she will always be able to demonstrate prosperity and security no matter what the conditions in the world. Jesus said, In the world you have tribulation, but I have overcome the world, John 16.33. It would appear that he was saying that he had achieved access to heaven, which gave him a divine dispensation on earth. Not so. He was implying that we live in two realms, not in succession, but concurrently. In other words, we live in the world of tribulation, where we experience health and sickness, abundance and lack, joy and sadness. But at the same time, we also live in the universe, the realm of the constancy and stability of a basic substance that stands beneath every human experience. Thus it can be said, and should be, that there is an allness within every illness, an all-sufficiency within every appearance of lack, and the joy of the Lord within every moment of sorrow. So when Jesus said, I have overcome the world, he meant that he kept himself centered in the inner realm of wholeness. He knew that he might experience less, but he could never be less than a dynamic center in a whole universe. And the thing which makes Jesus' teaching so powerfully relevant to contemporary times is his insistence that all that he did, we can do too, if we have faith. In other words, if we keep ourselves centered in that inner realm of wholeness, as he so persistently did, we too can experience mastery over all that happens around us or to us. The centering process is the key to achieving prosperity. Thank you, Patsy. Tom? When we use the word universe, we are not just referring to the vast cosmos of galaxies out there, for all that is simply the accumulation of an infinite number of other worlds. No, we are using the word in a more transcendent sense. The word universe in its literal meaning is the whole body of things, the basic unity of all life. 
Actually, we are implying a larger thought of God. The word God and universe can be used interchangeably referring to the whole of things, our allness which is present in all and through all. In the universal realm which you find in which you live and have the being, the whole of God is present at every point in space at the same time. This is a fantastic concept. Read those words again. The whole of God is present at every moment in space at the same time. Take time to meditate upon this great idea. In other words, God does not come and go. God does not God doesn't capriciously move substance from God's supply up there to fill your need down here. <coughs> Excuse me. Nor does God answer a prayer in some special kind of coming forth. God is always present, totally present, as a present. You may praying for be praying for a healing, but the truth is the whole of God's life is present as a healing present. When you know this, you are beginning to understand what spiritual healing is all about. You may be praying for increased supply, but the whole of God's substance is present as a prospering present. Know this and you are on the way to achieving prosperity. This concept may challenge you to rethink the whole practice of prayer and to appreciate the simple logic of the psalmist who said, Be still and know that I am God. Psalms 46.10 Excuse me. Be sure to catch the implication of this great truth as it concerns God as, as substance. The whole of God's substance is present in its entirety at every point in space at the same time. Not just some of it, but all the substance in the universe is present at any point of human need. Someone has said there is no spot where God is not. There is no place on earth where there is an absence of substance. Now, while there is no limitation, there may be a consciousness of limitation. Thus, there may be many pockets of poverty in the world and countless victims of of deprivation. However, the truth is, Despite the appearance of great lack in every area, in every human life, there is an infinite and eternal energy from which all things proceed. You may be far from knowing this at times. Like Mike Todd, you might even be, quote, broke. But the allness of substance is present where you are, so you shouldn't be poor. There's no place in all the universe where substance is any more present or any less present than right where you are. Could there be a point on Earth where gravity has any more pull or any less pull than the point where you are? And also, though you can accumulate and store away material riches, there's no way that you can amass substance. In contrast to this, you could lose all your assets in a financial crisis, but you can never lack substance. The awareness of this principle marked the difference in the crash of 1929 between those who picked themselves up and went on and those who jumped out of windows. A person who keeps conscious that the divine flow is ever centered within one has faith that limitless substance will find expression through him or her in the form of creative ideas, ingenuity, the will to work, and the security of work opportunities. It could be said that when you realize your relationship to the dynamic universe, You are forever in a field where you can drill for oil and bring in a gusher every time. 
In the immortal Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. He was talking about the focus of our consciousness, not just what we do, but what we think and feel, how we visualize our relationship with things. Many are the heartaches of the person who bases his or her whole security on things of the world. Inflation, recessions, and high costs are among the many moths and rusts that consume and the thieves that break through and steal. Peaceful and secure is the person whose real treasure is always the affluence of God's substance. He or she always feels rich no matter how the market fluctuates or what the balance sheet shows. And the great thing is that this feeling will prompt him or her always to make right and wise decisions in the management of his or her affairs. The mind flourishes with creative ideas. The hands tingle with ingenuity. Opportunities unfold and blessings abound, all because of the feeling of abundance that came first. Get it into your consciousness that you live in substance as a fish lives in water. It is basically your milieu. Can the fish of the sea ever lack for water? Can you, having your being in the sea of God's substance, ever really lack for a sufficiency of creativity or ideas or money or opportunities in any time of need? The important thing is to hold to the awareness that you are created in substance, formed of substance, and ceaselessly supported by substance. Paraphrasing Emerson, the free flow of substance in your life is the continuation of the divine effort that made you in the first place. You may be thinking that when you have a financial problem that it seems perfectly natural to go out into the world to raise the money. Of course, when there are bills to be paid and needs to be met, there are things to do. As the Quakers say, when you pray, move your feet. Do what you can do with what you have. Apply yourself a little more diligently in your work or in your effort to find work. Make your needs known to your employer or to other selected agencies as and if you are guided. Of course, God helps those who help themselves. However, there is a greater truth. God can do no more for you than God can do through you. All the help of God cannot aid you except as it flows through your consciousness, through your faith, and through your vision. So before you attempt to raise money, the first step should be to raise consciousness, to know that the the place on which you are standing is holy ground. It is important to recall that it is not really for lack of abundance that you are experiencing want, but for lack of awareness of the ever-present reality of divine substance and the faith 
to shape it into manifest form. Turn from the appearance of lack to the reality of affluence as you declare for yourself something like this. I establish myself in the limitless substance of God and I have abundance. It is a profound realization, but remember, these words do not become true because you affirm them. This is the common confusion about the practice of affirmative prayer, that if you speak the words of truth over and over, you impress them on the subconscious mind, and thus they become true for you. They do not become true because you affirm them. You affirm them because they are true. I love that part. You are synchronizing your consciousness with the reality of truth, creating a channel through which the mystical flow may do its powerful work through you. The exciting thing about omnipresent substance is that it is so abundant that no one needs ever have less in order that you have more. In the world of business, there may be a mad scramble for the world's funds. There is a tendency to get caught up in the idea of competition in the struggle of trying to get ahead of other people while fearing that they will get ahead of you. But in the spiritual realm, there can be no competition, nor the need for it. People have their own pipelines to the universal good. And if they are true to themselves and keep centered in God consciousness, their own will surely come without strain or struggle. Their own will surely come without strain or struggle. When you breathe all the air you need, you can never deprive anyone else of all the air each person needs to breathe. There's always enough with plenty to spare because all the substance is present in its entirety at every point. Thus, if you sense that another person is straining to get ahead of you, be sure you do not lower yourself to that person's fear of vibration. Affirm for him or her, I bless you with the awareness that you are one with your own personal flow of the universe in which there is a legitimate royal abundance for every living creature. Amen. In the truth about substance, it is imperative that every person gets the realization of entitlement. Jesus made a special point of this when he said emphatically, Come, O blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Matthew twenty five thirty four. Amina. Sorry. Okay. You are entitled to it. You have inherited it. It is yours. The foundation of the world is the fundamental realm of spiritual law of the universe in which you live. The kingdom is that within you, which is your very own inlet. Someone has some background noise. Very own inlet that may become an outlet to all there is in God. Claim your inheritance of abundance. You are entitled to the support of God's substance in everything to which you give your mind or hand. Let go of the old belief in the grace of poverty and the subconscious, subconscious sense of guilt in having things along with feelings of unworthiness, attitudes that have such a detrimental influence on human consciousness. Claim your entitlement. I am a child of the universe, richly endowed with the fullness of all good. A child of the universe 
can you get that into your consciousness? Not just the offspring of your parents or a product of the time, but a child of the universe. You are an expression of the infinite creative flow entitled to as constant support as the lilies of the field. You see, the basis of entitlement is the startling assertion the universe owes you a living. Yes, we are saying owes you a living. No, we are not saying that the world owes you a living. Actually, the world owes you nothing. You are creative expression of the universe with the responsibility to let your light shine. Thus, you owe the world a life. But in all the many ways in which you apply yourself in the world, the universe owes you complete support. Mar? Yep. The confusion of our social welfare system comes from the democratic ideal that the world owes everyone an opportunity for secure living. When this is not understood, how easily it gives rise to the, quote, welfare state of universal dependency on the government. Now, now certainly, out of love and compassion, a civilized society may want to ensure that every person has a subsistency, which is good. But in the world, no one should be, quote, entitled to support. Each of us is an individualized expression of the creative process, no matter how circumstances have obscured the reality. The great need is to help us to know this for ourselves, to claim our own, quote, entitlement from within. When persons in poverty begin to know, really know, that they are, in, that they are a center within an affluent universe, then in ways of personal motivation, ingenuity, guidance, and the enfoldment of opportunities, the whole universe will soon be rushing, streaming, pouring into them from all sides. The glorious truth is that you're a very special person and you always have something special working within you, flowing through you. The whole universe is on your side. Life is forever biased on the side of healing, on the side of overcoming, on the side of success. When you get yourself centered in the universal flow, you become synchronized with this divine bias for good. Amazing things can and will unfold. Some will call them miracles, but you will accept them as a perfectly natural function of the divine process. This process is beautiful. Thank you. uh, It's Patsy's turn. There's plenty for everyone. Claim your good, Patsy. Read it out loud. (laughs) This process is beautifully symbolized in the Old Testament story of the widow who came to the prophet Elisha in distress, 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7. She had been left destitute by the death of her husband. Her creditors were pressing her, and her two sons, according to Talmudic law, were were forfeit for her debt. She cried out to Elisha, saying, in effect, My husband is dead, and the creditor has come to take my sons. Elisha asked, What have you in the house? She replied, I have only one pot of oil. You see, what he was asking her was, where is your consciousness? What are you thinking about? What are you identifying with? Her reply indicated that, despite the one pot of oil, she was centered in the awareness of poverty. She was possessed by fear, and thus had cut herself off from the divine flow. 
She had a pot of oil, but to her it was only one pot. It was evidence of substance, but to her it was a symbol of lack. She was plagued with the very common problem of uh, onlyness. How much money do you earn in your job? What is your net worth? In most cases, you would respond, I only earn dot, dot, dot. I am only worth dot, dot, dot. Why the only? In other words, regardless of what you have, your thoughts are subtly centered in what you do not have with the subconscious fear that you do not have enough. It is said of Jesus that he went forth without scrip or purse. He didn't have anything in terms of assets, but he had faith. He had the awareness of the whole of God, substance present whenever, wherever he might be. It may not be necessary Thank for you. you Thank you, Patsy. Go ahead, Tom. It may not be necessary for for you to go forth without money in your pocket or in the bank. And in our day, it may be unwise to do so, but you do need to walk and work from the same level of consciousness that expressed by that as expressed as that expressed by Jesus, the same feelings of affluence, the same attunement to the creative flow. Whatever you have in the house, let it not be identified with an only. Let it be that what you have in your job, your possessions, your resources, be the symbol of the presence of limitless, limitless substance. To the extent that you can do this, the job will uh, the job will prosper and the assets will increase. Jesus put it very simply, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be yours as well. Matthew six verse twenty three. Now Elisha instructed the widow to go to her neighbors and borrow additional vessels. This suggests the need to expand the mind to include new faith and vision to try on some new insights for size. She did borrow additional vessels, which meant she broadened her horizon of expectations. She poured the, ves- the oil from her one pot into the new vessels, and it flowed freely till the last vessel was filled. When there were no more vessels, the oil stopped. In other words, as much as she could conceive and believe she could achieve. Paul says, my God will supply every need of yours and according to his riches. Phil 4, verse 19. God is faceless flow of substance, and no matter what the, what the extent of the need, Universal substance can easily supply it. But there is one thing God cannot do. God cannot supply lack. This is because lack is a state of mind and the condition cannot be remedied until the state of mind is altered. The one jar of oil to the widow was her lack due to her feeling of onlyness. However, when she expanded her faith through providing additional vessels, the lack became a legitimate need, which was instantly and abundantly filled. If you have a financial problem, perhaps a great need for increased prosperity, what do you have in the house? 
where is your consciousness? Borrow additional vessels, which means raise your consciousness, widen your horizon of faith. Identify yourself with the idea that you are entitled to the boundless support of the universe. Really believe this. It could be that by very careful study of the ideas of this book, you are effectively adding vessels and expanding your vision of entitlement to God's substance. <clears throat> but remember, you do not have to get more substance, for all the substance of the universe is present right where you are. It may be very human to want to set a goal for yourself during the study of this book to acquire certain sums of money or a better job or a new apartment or house. But you see, in terms of substance, that which stands under, all of it is present right now. We are talking about the creative flow, the new ideas, the inward spiritual power by which you can do all that you want or need to do. Watch your spiritual priorities. The goal should not be to make money or acquire things, but to achieve the consciousness through which the substance will flow forth when and as you need it. In this book, we'll discuss many facets of the prosperity gem, but you might as well know at the outset that there's only one way by which you can achieve prosperity. It is to change. It is to take charge of your mind. You may be looking for some magic formula, some new metaphysical cliche that will change things. But if you want to change your life, you will have to alter your thoughts. The whole of infinite substance is present where you are but you will have to get that awareness into your consciousness by your own discipline and commitment. So if you find yourself responding to life's question, what have you in the house, with a plethora of onlys, cut right into that flow of negativity and affirm, I am a richly endowed expression of an opulent universe. There is always a sufficiency to do the things I want and need to do. In her classic work, Lessons in Truth, Emily, whatever, Emily Cady says, one of the unerring truths in the universe is that there is already provided a lavish abundance for every human want. In other words, the supply of every good always awaits the demand. Another truth is that the demand must be made before the supply can come forth to fill it. In other words, we must provide the vessels in which the oil may be increased. There must be a need before we attract an answer. And Jesus indicated there must be an asking before there can be receiving. This certainly does not suggest that we should start pleading the disguise for help. It has been a very confused point in traditional Christianity, which has considered the asking as supplicating a capricious God. It is interesting that the word ask, as Jesus uses it, comes from the Greek word which has a strong connotation towards claim or demand. You ask for water from the faucet by turning the tap. You ask for luck from the lamp by throwing the switch. You ask gravity to hold you in your seat by sitting erect and balanced. Jesus said it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, Luke 12:32. That certainly does not sound as if he expected us to engage in special appeals. He even said, your father knows what you need before you ask him, Matthew 6, 8. Then why need we ask at all? It is obvious that to God, asking was simply a claim of entitlement, a receptivity of consciousness. It is creating the condition in mind that makes the result inevitable. 
In the ensuing chapters, we will deal with many of the ways in which we may ask God for supply by creating the consciousness through which the limitlessness of universal substance may flow. This calls to mind the wisdom of Lao Tzu, who 2,500 years ago proved that there is nothing new in new thought. The human spirit has its source in the divine fountain, which must be permitted to flow freely through man. And anyone who flows as life flows has solved the enigma of human existence and needs no other power. Anything is evil that blocks the flow of creative action, and everything is healthy, prosperous, that flows with the universe. The medieval mystic lay monk uh, Brother Lawrence coined the illuminating phrase, the practice of the presence of God. This is often erroneously thought of as a somber act of religious piety. In the context of Brother Lawrence's experience of working for God while scrubbing pots in the monastery kitchen, it does seem to mean having flashes of mystical insight or even spending long periods in meditation. It is said of doctors that they practice medicine. That certainly does not suggest having an emotional experience. It is purely a description of how they make their living. To practice the presence of God does not mean to titillate yourself with some mysterious spirit of God that comes and goes. The presence of God is that of God which is present, wholly present, ceaselessly present. It never changes. It doesn't come and go. It is. You may change, and like the prodigal son, you may come and go. But as Meister Eckhart says, You are in a far country. The Father is at home. So the practice of the presence means continually reminding yourself of the activity of God ever working in you. Much as a student of mathematics must continually remind himself or herself of the principles. Make a deeply rooted commitment that you will practice the presence of God's substance, ever reminding yourself that you are in the presence of an infinite eternal substance from which all things proceed. Resolve that you will live and think and work as if you really believed the whole universe of creativity and substance were present in every project of your work and every transaction of your investments as you never, as your never failing resource. Practice the presence of God's substance with diligence and persistence, and you will begin to realize prosperity. Oh my goodness, there is so much good stuff. This is one of the books, one of my books, that every single page is pretty much every single line is highlighted for the most part because there is some wisdom in here. So <clears throat> I just want to acknowledge that we have a, such an abundance of time to work and grow. And today there was a lot to cover because it's our first class. Thanks to talk about. So I didn't have the full time that I wanted to allot to this discussion. So I'm going to continue to talk possibly five to ten minutes after uh, 8.30 Pacific Standard Time, everyone is invited to join me. If for whatever reason you uh, need to hop off, I absolutely understand and I bow to your beauty. Uh, but with that said, let's dive in, shall we?
So what a wonderful, 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 wonderful description of uh, substance, of God. So why don't we go ahead, let's all take a minute, one minute, and I'm going to invite everybody to find a section that really stood out to them, that really resonated with them. Go ahead, 30 seconds to a minute, and then we're going to open up the class for discussion. Okay. Um. I believe that the invitation in this first chapter, one of the invitations is for each and every one of us to step up, stand in our truth. And when we are in full alignment of our truth, we are in power. It is powerful to know that the allness of God is active and ready within you, that you are a part of it. There is nothing above you or below you. It is you. It is here. It says that in every particle, in the space between every particle, is the allness of God. And it is waiting to express itself freely. So think about that, that in any moment, every single thing that could possibly support you in um, freedom, in peacefulness, in joyfulness, and love is here and ready. It's just waiting for you to turn the faucet on. And yet, it's as if we, through our misperceptions of ourselves, through our self-doubt, self-criticism, through our um, addiction to only-ness, it's like we just stare at the water faucet and acting like, well, come on, turn on, do it, please. But we don't ever go and turn the knob. Turning the knob is us affirming the truth. And I love what it said in this book about affirmation that we are not repeating affirmation so we begin to believe it, so we'll sing it to our subconscious mind. We are affirming what is the truth. We're affirming it because it is the truth. It's the freaking truth. It's not because we want it to be the truth. It's because it is the truth. We affirm it because it's true. It's just we have been walking around in this fantasy and a fantasy that we are separate from God, that we are shut off, and that we are in this kill or be killed um, sort of world. And so now, here is our opportunity to stand in our true power, our true essence, knowing that we are children of the divine and demand from the universe, which owes us a masterful life, to start making demands of the universe while moving your feet on this earth. So, who would like to share? I love that. That's funny that you said that, Jesse, because that's the page I turned to. I love that line of, of the um, uh, page twenty-three towards the bottom. You are a creative. You are a creative expression of the universe with the with the responsibility to let your light shine. Thus, you owe the world a life. I love that. Like that's what we're doing here in this yes. group. Great. So, how does that? When you really sink into that, what does that mean to you? How does that feel? And other people are also invited to share. Um, that you're not doing uh, the universe any favors when you play small or when you uh, diminish your light 
or you don't step forth into your um, your fullness, your oneness. Yeah. Well, now, what prevents us? What would get in the way of, like, in your life, what has, um, and I say your life to the group, um, when you're ready to, like, take a stand, what prevents you from taking it? What happens in the process of, um, you know what, I'm not going to do it. You know what, maybe I can't do it. What comes up? Well, for me, it's uh, those shadow beliefs. There's, you know, that uh, that subconscious shit of, uh, well, you're not really pretty enough to do that, or you're kind of too old to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. Yeah, it's these false identifiers that come up, right? Yeah, so, I think it's interesting the the line about the onlyness. I think you could also add two in the there T O O. You know, the onlys and the twos. Mm-hmm. To this, oh, to yeah. that. Uh-huh. Right. I'm too old, I'm too poor, I'm too whatever. Mm-hmm. So how do you work with it? How do you um, how do you work with moving through that? Uh, well, I, you affirm the truth. Mm-hmm. You affirm the truth that you are... Um, uh, just a few lines up. I am a child of the universe, richly endowed with the fullness of all good. Yes. Yes. You know, it's I, the golden I, key again. Who is going to share? Um, this is Anina. I actually read that page, and I loved reading it, and I didn't underline it because I was reading, but when I finished reading the page, I was like, this whole page should be underlined. And... Um, you know, the idea that all of us, I think, I think it's safe to say all of us have some some sense of feeling unworthy in certain areas. Um, just having that reminder that we are so deeply, richly worthy and we have a responsibility to step forward and to share and serve and contribute. To the light. I love it. So, Amina, what was your part that you? Uh... I, I picked the same page as Stephen. Oh. oh, great! So that's Perfect. why that's why I jumped in because I was going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> love it. All right, who else? And, to share? and I may um, jump off, Jesse. That's okay. On page 16, many times I've been broke, but I have never been poor. It's very, very true of my life. There are times when I'm making a lot of money and I have enough money to go have a beautiful dinner and see a Broadway show. And there's times when I have very little money and I can have a hot dog and uh, watch television. But it's still entertainment. It's just the the quality or the, the you know the quantity of it. Um, so I, I've never experienced lack. Uh, the only time I experienced lack was is in terms of relationship where I thought I wasn't worthy of love. But because, of course, in miracles, I know that giving and receiving, you know, of course I'm worthy to be loved. I put out so much love in the universe, of course it's going to come back to me. <laughs> yes.
And also within that, Brian, I invite you to contemplate um, the motivation behind that. Even in that knowing, is it a way to get pulled into giving to get? Even in this knowing uh, with awareness of the law of divine compensation. And that's something I really contemplate and I, I have not mastered because there's a part of me that thinks, you know, sometimes they're like, I'm doing this, but I know I'll be, I know I'll be, see God, you're taking notes, right? Look how good and much like, love I'm putting out there. I trust that soon, uh, you know, pick up full of cash and prizes is going to be delivered any minute. Yeah. No, I get it. Or that things should happen. Things should flow easier for me, or that bad things shouldn't happen to me, or that you know I should have some invisible force field around my car so I don't get parking tickets because of all the good I do in the world. You know, these are things that you really contemplate. So, in this, the shift of your thinking here is we do it because we do it because we are of God. That is it. We do right. it because there's an infinite supply of everything, including love. And, uh, you know, everything eternal, of course, we just share from a space of fountain because there is no depletion. If you are feeling depleted, it's because you're coming from uh, a consciousness of lack. Beautiful insight. Beautiful share. I love that part too, Brian. Thank you so much. Who else would like to share? Um, I, uh, something that kind of stuck with me, um, is uh, the goal should not not be to make money or acquire things, but to achieve the consciousness consciousness through which the substance will flow forth when and as you need it. I that really kind of stuck with me because I think in a lot of a lot of times we get fixated on the thing mm-hmm. as opposed to us and yeah. how it is that we perceive our reality and things yeah. around and. Um, and I think that happens to me. I've, I've often I've been guilty of of focusing on the thing a lot of times, as opposed to focusing on 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 my consciousness and and my thoughts. And so that that really that that was a big one for me. I like that. That's so beautiful, Mar. And it's such a great insight because you know our experience, our life is the outpicturing of our consciousness, right? And so it should always go back to what do I think about it. And I'm not seeing the page right here, but um, something about Jesus saying, you know, not worrying about things that will rust or break or that thieves will take. So he's talking about things of the world. Now we have like, I was really contemplating this, the ridiculousness of money as a concept on the planet. Like, we have decided that there is some sort of energy exchange and that some things are worth more of this energy exchange that we symbolize with pieces of paper and metal discs and numbers. Uh, and it's just an energy exchange. And um, places that seem to have more stuff that is worth more of this energy exchange, we focus on, we support, and we uplift. Where, you know, it's just this fictitious, made-up concept. It's this crazy, it's like we're all playing pretend and um, we live our lives based around this and we base our worth off of this 
how much of these, these units of energy do we place, does the world say that I have? You know what I mean? And I'm like, wow, when you really break it down, like, it's insanity. It's absolute insanity. This acquisition of things, this, okay, look, I have this sort of label, this means this about me. I have this sort of whatever, this means this about me. It's insanity, and yet so many people are focused on, well, I want a million dollars. I want a million dollars. Why? What does a million dollars mean to you? So many people think a million dollars will mean what? It's really freedom. It's the freedom we're interested in. So what if we shifted our focus onto feeling free and releasing from our minds any thought that would prevent us from feeling free and then allowing the experience of freedom to really actualize and express in our life, which will manifest as prosperity, meaning all our needs being met. And so it always comes back to their consciousness. It always comes back to the thoughts we're feeling. If you're interested in having a million dollars, a nice house, all your bills paid, the ability to go travel or whatever, a booming career, all that stuff, feel into the emotionality of it. That is what the key is. What is the emotion behind those things that you are ascribing to those things? It's the emotion that you're really interested in. Now, the things may come, but they may go, but don't invest your time in that because they will eventually break down or die or you'll need to exchange them for a better, newer model. It's ludicrous to make it about that. So our job is to remember that and to attain a consciousness of prosperity, a remembrance of our true nature, the dynamic truth of who and what we are. All right, we have time for another one. Who has uh, another part they'd like to share? I have one I, uh, I have. It's called, it says, The Glorious Truth That is that you are a very special person and you always have something special working within you, flowing through you. The whole universe is on your side. Life is forever biased on the side of healing, on the side of overcoming, on the side of success. When you get center and get yourself centered and the universal flow, you become synchronized in this divine bias for good. Amazing things can and will unfold. Some will call them miracles, but you will accept them as perfectly natural function of the divine process. Yeah. And for me, that means, you know, is that, uh, you know, we are great already, and when we do something, you know, if we're doing it, you know, okay, say at, at work, we're doing something because we know we're going to be compensated for it. But if we're doing something with the universe, we just, if we automatically realize, well, that the universe is going to compensate us because this is what we are, what we're doing, and it is our right, you know, there's no difference in uh, in that analogy is that, you know, the universe is already accepting us, and what we need to do is accept it for ourselves. It is absolutely time that we drop these pathetic stories we have about ourselves. And this pathetic story is any 
limitation story you have about yourself. Feeling sorry for ourselves is a waste of time. And I say this with this language because it is time that we start doing the work. It is time that each and every one of us begin to demonstrate the power that comes from doing this work. Now, we can read the books, we can have the discussion, but it is each and every one of our jobs as practitioners, those who practice this, to demonstrate the efficacy of this work. So this week, as you go about your life, and I invite everybody to reread this chapter this week because I feel like this is such a dynamic, beautiful chapter. That really, I mean, reread it in your, when you're meditating and praying during your contemplation time. Read a paragraph at a time. Each thing is so powerful, rich nutrients for your consciousness. So this week, every time, like we are, if you're participating with us um, in the No Complaining Challenge, this is a wonderful time, wonderful time to really see your stories come up. Where are you feeling sorry for yourself? Where are you deciding that it's just, you know, uh, it works for other people but not for me? It works for everyone. And as Tom said, we are each special. We each have a gift. And it is up to us to allow it to pour forth. We have to open up the valve. We have to turn it, which means that we have to stop telling ourselves these stories of lack and limitation and start affirming the truth, but believing it. It is time for us to believe. And that is what we are going to be doing this quarter with one another, is we are going to believe this work and allow it to express itself through us so that we can really teach. And the most effective way we can teach is by demonstrating the efficacy of this work in our lives. Now, before we leave class tonight, uh, I would like to have uh, the name of two people that will come at 10.30 a.m. this Saturday, by uh, this Sunday, I'm sorry, 10.30 a.m. this Sunday, and help uh, and work the um, hospitality ministry this, uh, this Sunday. Jesse, this is yeah. Mark. Hey, Mark. Uh, I'll, I'll do it. Great. Thank you so much, Mark. That's wonderful. Jesse, I'm happy to do the following week. Following week? Okay. Great. Um, I was thinking the same thing. The following week would be Great. good for me. Next week. Patsy and Lisa, great. All right. Well, I'll put it out to the other group, and I'm sure we'll get someone to uh, work with Mar. And thank you for stepping up and volunteering, everybody. And I want to acknowledge everyone is so generous and so giving in this group. I just really bow to everything that you guys contribute with your talents, your um, ideas, financially. Um, You guys really step up. This is a powerful, creative community, and I just... I get overwhelmed. I tear up just from how beautiful it is. And the community, it's not a building or a center or anything like that. It is just the the collective. And what a wonderful group. And this class has just changed my life. And I bow to each and every one of you for joining me on this journey and continuing to show up. 
So let's pray. Taking a deep breath in, a deep breath of gratitude. I just bless every single one of us knowing that, and by blessing, I mean I just acknowledge the truth of each and every one of us, declaring that God, the allness of the universe, is active and ready and available to each and every one of us now. And as we go to sleep tonight in our dream states, we travel to distant parts of the ethos <laughs> and celebrate and play. And I acknowledge that as we sleep tonight, a healing is unfolding, the level of our minds. Our consciousness is expanding. We are remembering more and more the truth of who and what we are, and we are sharing this knowingness with everyone so we are one with them, blessing everyone, seeing the innocence of all and the potential that lies within our yes. So we say yes, and we go forward in love and light throughout to be. And so it is. Amen, amen, amen. 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 Yes. All right. Uh, wonderful class. Um, and um, I will talk to you all very soon. Bye. Have a good Thank night. Thank you. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you guys. Thank you. Good to hear your voices. Bye-bye. Right. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.